Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Philippians 4, 6. Mystery of License Plate OL710-050 by Nelia Berman Garber James Long, student colporter, stepped up beside his old blue Ford. His head ached, his feet ached, and nothing looked more inviting on that warm autumn day in 1930 than the front seat of his battered car. As he walked around the car to unlock the door, James noticed that his rear license plate was loose. He stopped to straighten it, noting the license plate number, OL710-050. Once he was inside his car, the number kept flashing before him, OL710-050, OL710-050. What's wrong with me, James wondered. Did I get too much sun today, or what? He tried to stop thinking about it as he drove along, but the woods seemed to be plastered with license plates. When he finally arrived in Garden City, Kansas, a half hour later, the sun was beginning to set. James stopped the old Ford in front of his house and got out. I need something to wake me up and to drive those crazy license plates from my head, he told himself. Then I'll go back and start knocking on doors again. After fixing himself a limeade, James settled back in an easy chair to enjoy the cool and refreshing drink. He laid his aching head back against the soft upholstery and closed his tired eyes. I'll rest for just a moment, he thought. About an hour later, James woke up with a start and glanced at his watch. It's almost seven? He gasped, leaping to his feet. I have to get back to work. The evening is the best time to canvas, and by the time I get back to my territory, it will be almost too late to make any calls. He felt his pockets for his keys and muttered, Where are my car keys? Did I put them down somewhere? He looked all around but couldn't find them. I must have left them in the car, he thought. He hurried out the door to look, but the street in front of the house was empty. James rubbed his eyes and looked again, but the car was not there. He turned this way and that, not knowing which way to go or just where to begin to get his car back. Then once again the number OL710-050 flashed before his eyes. Of course, he could call the police and report the theft and the license number. But first, James bowed his head and thanked the Lord for drilling the number into his mind all afternoon. He asked God to keep his car from any accidents and to help him find it soon. Then he hurried back into the house and phoned the police station. When the officers arrived, they asked James a number of questions. Then they took him to the police headquarters, where busy radios had already alerted every police car in the area regarding the theft and the license number of the car. James sat in the corner of the police station, his head in his hands. He prayed silently for his car, for the expensive new books he had stored in it, and for God's guidance. Then the radio reported that the car had been found and that two young men had been taken into custody. The officer ordered a wrecker to be sent to tow the stolen car in. James' relief that the car had been found was spoiled by anxiety over what had happened that made it necessary to tow his car, but he thanked God for a partial answer to his prayer and tried to be content. Two hours later, when the old Ford had been towed to the police station, James sat and listened to the questioning of the two young thieves. They had seen the car with the keys in the ignition and had decided to take it. Everything was okay for about an hour, they said, and then all of a sudden the car just stopped and they couldn't get it to start. 
While they were working on the engine, a patrol car had pulled up behind them. Officer, may I ask them a question? James asked. Sure, go ahead, the police chief replied. James looked at the two young men who had stolen his car and asked, What time was it when the car started giving you trouble? About 7.05, one of them answered. I know, because Bud here asked me what time it was, and I looked at my watch. Any other questions, the officer asked. No, sir, James replied, but may I go out and see if my car will start? Sure, said the policeman, tossing him the key, but it's deader than a doornail. I made these fellows try it out several times because I didn't want to bother with a tow truck. The county sheriff walked out to the car with James and watched as he slid under the wheel. As soon as James pushed on the starter, the motor immediately burst into life. The sheriff whistled. Now, how do you account for that? I know that car wouldn't run. I saw those kids try to start it. What's your formula? Then James told the policeman how, at 7.05, he had prayed that God would get his car back for him and that at 7.05 the car had stalled. That's my formula, sir, said James solemnly. God answered my prayer. Well, I never, said the sheriff. He turned quickly and blew his nose. Yes, even policemen can be moved to tears when they see how God works for his children. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.